You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Hold on to your horses because we are about to talk about Barbie. And let me tell you, I know that we are all across the board. The entire spectrum is represented of opinions around Barbie. And I've got a lot to say as well. And my number one gripe around the Barbie stuff is actually about the gender relations piece, not so much what I think others think about when they think about Barbie and whether they love or hate Barbie. And I don't, I'll start with this. I don't love or hate Barbie. I loved Barbie when I was a kid. That shit was, I mean, I lived, you have to understand, I lived in Lebanon. We did not have many options. It was the war. And I actually don't remember what years I started playing with Barbie. But my father had a friend at Mattel and he used to go on business trips and he'd come back with a new Barbie and it was like the best day ever. I don't know that my sisters were that into Barbie. They, I don't know, they were a little bit more tomboyish than me. I was 100% the girly girl, loved the pink like loved the outfit just loved everything about Barbie so I was like a hardcore Barbie fan as a child obviously started to grow up started to understand the the problematic pieces around you know her body type and it never even occurred to me I was like oh yeah she's blonde and thin like cool whatevs um and then of course you started to understand the implications of what it means to uh, body image uh, pieces for women and young girls uh, and then at the same time was like and how cool that Barbie can also have all these jobs that usually men would have when I was growing up so I would say even early on like once I started to wake up to things probably in my late teens and was like reflecting back I saw both the ups sides to Barbie and also the downsides right like the fact that it's like okay on some level there is a feminist quality to this that's really awesome and then on the other hand there's it's like <laughs> it, it's like uh the it's nearly like the patriarchy wrapped up in like a cute little outside costume of feminism and I would say that the movie actually spoke to some pieces of that quite clearly. Um, I'm going to mainly dive into gender relations and the problems I had with the movie and the portrayal of the relationship between men and women because I'm such an advocate for deep intimacy between men and women uh, in the world. And I think that this movie actually took us back a lot. And that was my biggest challenge with it. 
But before I get into that, I want to just give a little bit of like an overlay of things, right? So first of all, I went to Barbie the weekend it came out. My friend was like, hey, you want to go? I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go. Um, understanding fully the implications of what I was saying yes to, because on the one hand, there's like my little girl that's like, oh my God, a Barbie movie, like this is going to be escapist fun. Another part of me was like, I knew Greta Gerwig was going to be directing and I've known of her and her work ever since Mumblecore, which was a genre, gosh, I think in the 2000, something like that. You know, I used to be in films. I like went through a phase where I got really into like indie film and very particular like like super niched subgenres. And she was in one of those. And so I knew like this was going to be an interesting take on Barbie because I knew one, it wasn't going to be super traditional Two, there would 100% be an incredibly, like, feminist, uh, particular flavor of, like, woke, liberal energy to it, which I, and what ended up happening, and I sort of had a feeling was going to happen, I'm both like, yes, and also I'm like, oh, God, this is really not good. <laughs> like, it's it's both in my system, which is how I feel about a lot of the more liberal woke rhetoric these days, is that they're based on some beautiful values that are really important, and at the same time, it's extremism in one direction, and I'm not a fan of extremism in either direction. Uh, so... There's that. I knew going in there was going to be an interesting take, but I wasn't sure how she was. I was like so fascinated and excited about like how, what, what is she going to do with this? Because we're now in 2023. Obviously the quote unquote feminism that Barbie brought to the table in the eighties and nineties was Mm, like dip your toe in the water feminism, right? Like it was like as far as society was available for it. And it, as the movie actually showed, like all these men were in the boardroom, right? So there is this, like, it's really this tainted, it's the version of feminism that a group of men around a round table would think is progressive. And uh, it took one step in the right direction. But I mean, it's let's be real, like that is not super progressive in any way. And I will argue that the portrayal of gender relations tried to be extra progressive in this movie. But actually, there is a level of progression that the progressives have not clicked into and that they see as, and I'll just be, I guess I'll speak just to the, you know, the, the directing and creative team of the movie, right? Let's not get like, I mean, I'll just like blow it up into speaking on behalf of all progressives because that's not fair. But the creatives of this movie felt that their portrayal of gender relations was progressive, right? Because they're trying to bring out this like new and updated Barbie 2023. Look at us. We are so ahead of our time. We've like upgraded Barbie from the 80s and the 90s. And it's like, mm, there's another step to go. 
And it's a step in the direction they would never imagine. And I think this is actually what's setting us back so much. So we've established that Barbie in itself is confusing. And that's part of why people are so extreme one way or the other. Where it's like, okay, well, she's thin and blonde, but also can do all this cool stuff. And then, of course, after the fact, they brought in different body shapes a little bit. But, I mean, that took a really long time. They brought in different hair color before that and things like that. But, like, it was a slow process. So I'm not here to talk too much about the, the, the body image piece, but let's be real. Like, that factored in hugely into the process of uh, just creating a lot of issues, right, for young girls around body image. And maybe still does. Like, I was actually surprised. I'm like, is Barbie still a thing, like, nowadays? Apparently it is, I guess. I don't know. I thought, like, they lit I literally thought they had phased that shit out in the 90s. I did not realize... You know, I also don't have kids, so I haven't been in like a toy store or the toy aisle in forever. So I, I don't even know. Is there like a Barbie section? I'm clueless, you guys. But my little girl was really excited to go see Barbie. My adult was really interested in what take the director would, would have on upgrading the feminism of Barbie. And I was also really curious to see, okay, how far how much of like a rhetoric that was gonna like make me want to vomit was gonna appear in this movie and of course Ryan Gosling even though he does not look good blonde but it's Ryan Gosling you guys like he hasn't been in a movie in a long time and so that was exciting too so I will say I was very entertained by this movie. It was fun. It was colorful. It gave me everything I need when I go to the movie theater to just be entertained. So I give them an A plus on the entertainment. I give them an A plus on the production design. Holy, oh my God, the just so, the costumes, the, 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 the whole setup, the colors, I loved it. I also, you know, appreciate, like I was saying earlier, the piece around them really owning up to the fact that Mattel in itself was run by all these men and that there's this like weird way in which they were so excited about the feminism, quote unquote, of Barbie when in fact it was sort of just like an extension of patriarchy light. And so all of that I'm down with. And I also like to not take things too seriously. So part of it too was like, just go have fun, enjoy what was cool and controversial in the 80s and like stop overanalyzing, dissecting and like having an opinion about everything, right? Like I sometimes I'm like, just enjoy it and stop. But at the same time, I have an opinion about a lot of things, and I am aware of the hypocrisy and the consumerism and the fact that, you know, this is a movie that essentially is a marketing machine for product. And so all of these I'm very, very well aware of. But again, because of my, like me looking at things through the lens of intimacy and gender relations, my number one thing that I focused on 
was how they were portraying men. And so I feel like, okay, we, we understand the body image piece. I feel like collectively as a society, we are past that point. We understand that that was some, that was just not cool, right? To have like a thin blonde chick, white too. Let's not forget that part, which they did, you know, again, they started to like course correct, but not from a place I think of true organic desire, but more because they were like, trying to appear like progressive. So it struck me from the moment that Ken was introduced how much of an idiot he basically was. He was like a total airhead. And at first I was like, okay, Nadia, but like some people's, like there's you get, like a movie gets to have a character where someone's sort of not very bright. And like, that doesn't mean it's all the men, but then it quickly became very clear as the plot continued. And I'm going to try not to spoiler alert this, uh, or to spoil, not spoiler alert, <laughs> to spoil this in any way. Um, we'll see. We'll see how well I do with that. But if you haven't watched it, you may want to proceed a little bit with caution, depending on how much information you would like to have before watching the movie. I'll, I, you know what, I'll officially say spoiler alert at this point. So maybe just if you haven't watched it and you plan to, you may want to pause on this and come back after you've seen it. And it's also going to make a lot more sense. So yeah, let's do that. So, <laughs> so in the movie, right, both Barbie and Ken end up in the real world. So there's Barbie land, there's the real world. They both end up on this mission in the real world and uh and ken realizes in the real world that men are treated really differently than in barbie land because it's shown it shows up very early in the movie right like that barbie land is like the woman's empire they're doing everything. The president is a woman. Everyone who matters is a woman. And the men are just sort of there. Essentially, when you think about patriarchy reversed, right? Like a trophy wife or, yeah, just sort of like they're just there. And they don't really, they're not, none of them are bright. It's not just Ken. Like the entire men, all the men are just sort of like, what? I don't know. The women know better, right? Like, it's like they're very much just sort of buffoons walking around that look hot but don't really know anything. And the women are very uninterested in these men. Like, they're like, ugh. Like, there's a scene early on with Barbie and Ken where he's like, oh, I thought maybe I could sleep over. And she's like, why? And he's like, I don't know. And so the whole thing, like from the beginning is there's a lot of like rejection of the men because they are sort of dumb and the women don't need them. And it's just like, that's Barbie land culture. And then Ken goes to the real world and he's like, wait a second, someone asked me for the time. And suddenly he has this moment of feeling respected, right? Because someone asked him for the time, which we know is like, that is a joke in the movie that, oh, that's not even a form of respect, but cool if that's how much you're disrespected in Barbie land that just being asked the time has you feel powerful. 
and seen and respected is like quite the commentary, right, on the difference between the two worlds. And so, you know, the joke is that he, I think he like walks into a library or something and picks up all these books on like horses and the patriarchy. And so it, of course, reminds us of the Marlborough Man, which was a huge symbol back in the day around Barbie time, like when Barbies became quite big because we used to still advertise smoking in the 80s and early 90s. I remember this in my childhood. And so there's the Marlboro, so now it's like the Marlboro man who's the like total machismo patriarchy uh, symbol versus Barbie who's like supposedly the feminist da 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 symbol. And so he brings patriarchy back to Barbie land and this whole, you know, adventure ensues where the women try to take back, like basically kill the patriarchy and take back uh, Barbie land and their power. And you all know, anyone who's read a post of mine or two has listened to any of these podcast episodes knows how much I'm like, Fuck the patriarchy, right? Like that is a huge part of what I think is problematic in the world and what has gotten us to where we are. So patriarchy as a system, I'm all about crushing it. I'm all about taking it down. The problem is when we get into a binary, which I think is hilarious because if there is anyone who is talking about non-binary, it's the liberals. And yet, here we see an example of them going into full fucking binary where they're like, oh, there's Barbie land where the women are, um, you know, powerful, or there's the patriarchy where the men, the idiotic men are powerful and fucking shit up. Okay, well, what about the third option? <laughs> Why is it? I really want us to think about this. Why is it that the only way for Barbie to feel empowered is to make Ken an idiot? Let's, I'm going to say that again. Why is it that the only way to make Barbie feel empowered is to make Ken an idiot? Can we have Barbie empowered and Ken empowered? How about that? Why is that not even an option in the movie and in the rhetoric and in this exploration that is supposedly, you know, so progressive and ahead of its time and upgraded from the old archaic ways? And I'm like, oh, are you? This is exactly the problem I am having with the, you know, quote unquote, woke liberal rhetoric and opinions is that in a certain way you think. You are as progressive as can be, but you are tapping right back into black and white binary thinking. And to me, what's actually truly evolutionary, I'm not going to call it progressive because then it's going to confuse us all, but let's call it evolutionary, is to go, it's not about one gender at the top. It's about us co-creating. It's about us being in harmony, in union. Why does it have to be that the women are taking power? I mean, that in and of itself is a very masculine 
archaic system. If we think about the true, like, the cultures that have like matriarchy to the core that are have a lot of feminine values and the to their core there there is no hierarchy it's circular the feminine is in itself holistic circular communal love based it's not a freaking triangle and you're trying to get to the top Hi, love. Just wanted to take a moment out of this conversation to let you know there are so many ways to start your embodiment and intimacy journey. It is not necessarily having to work privately in a coaching container with me. There is a whole page on NadiaMunga.com under the tab self-study that is dedicated to anyone who's looking to just start their journey. So whether it's an embody at home class that you want to start to bring into your morning or evening routine to just move the energy, to explore your different feminine archetypes, or maybe it's something in the world of intimacy and sexuality. I've got master classes from everything around energetic sex to exploring monogamish type relationships and lots, lots more. So definitely go take a look at the page, nadiamala.com, and then go to the tab that's self-study. And for those of you who are here on this podcast listening, I've gotten so many DMs from beautiful devoted listeners sharing with me how much of an impact these conversations have had and I really just wanted to give back the love with a special 50% off code so if you go to the checkout on any of the classes that are there and you put in podcast love all one word in the coupon code on the check on the way out right you will get that 50% off as a thank you from me i am so fired up around the topic of embodiment and intimacy that i can't not nudge you in the direction of actually getting into the practices and that is the place to start. So definitely go check that out. And of course, if you do want to work privately with me, always, that is always an option. Just shoot me an email, Nadia at NadiaMunla.com. Let me know what you're looking for, everything from you can start with a single session. And if you let me know you're from the podcast, I'll give you 50% off on that single session as well. And so we can talk more about that over email. So either DM me at NadiaMunla.com on Instagram or shoot me an email Nadia at NadiaMunla.com. I will see you there. Now back to the episode. There's no pyramid scheme. There's no hierarchy. There's no like uh, climbing the ladder. That doesn't exist. That is in itself a very archaic masculine patriarchal structure. This is exactly the problem. So my problem with this movie is less about body image and whatever, all these things. And the fact that, yeah, it's pink and marketing to... uh, to have us all buy more Barbies. Like, yes, these are all like some problems too, but the big problem is that I wonder, are there people questioning the fact that it's so freaking binary and that we somehow think that in order for us to feel empowered as women, and I want us to all feel empowered as women, and yes, it's true. There was something so freaking awesome about Barbie coming out at a time you know, I think um, 
who was it? Um, what's her name? Alexandra, ooh, I feel like I'm gonna kill her name. AOC, what, what is it? So Alexandra Cortez, it's okay, you guys, just don't mind me not knowing politicians' names. You guys know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, so she, I, I'm pretty sure that she was the one that said, you know, well, well, Barbie was a doctor before women could even own their own credit cards, and that shit's true. We forget that that was not that long ago where women couldn't even have their own bank accounts without their husbands saying yes and getting giving them permission. And so, yeah, on some level, there is something about Barbie that does hold a code of empowerment, so to speak, right? Like there was something in there, a thread of like, wow, this is cool. We're imagining a different world. But like we're in 2023. It's been like... <laughs> 30, 40 years, we are way more nuanced and evolved than that. And we now understand that it is not about one gender winning. It's not about like, oh, you guys were in power for 10,000 years. We're going to be as petty as you. And now we're going to take over and you all can, you know, you're all exiled to wherever. And... <laughs> You know, even at the end, like Barbie was not into Ken. Like at the end of the movie, she still wasn't into him. Is that the world we want to live in? Where Barbie's like, no matter what Ken does, like she's not going to be into him? Because that is literally what is happening in the world. There's all these like feminist women who are like, I can do it on my own. And then they're over there like looking at the men like, oh, you guys are all such idiots and I can do better and look at me. I'm the CEO of this company and I make 10 times more money than you. And like, what are you even good for? I can go to a sperm bank if I want a kid, right? Like there is a lot of that energy. I'm not saying it's everyone, but there is a lot of that in the ethos, in our culture these days in the Western world. And it is literally why people are no longer having good sex. You have to look at men, and especially your man, as like, wow, you are this powerful hero. And I'm not saying it's going to be every moment of the day, okay? But the overall view is like, wow. Oh my God, thank you. Not a single Barbie was saying thank you to the Kens, you know? No one. Instead, it was like, haha, we got our world back. Also, we don't need sex. What? Sex is the foundation of our entire existence. In the movie, no one has sex. Is that the world we want to live in? Because that is what happens when we choose the binary. That's what happens when we go, oh, in order for me to feel empowered, I have to make you feel stupid. Forget about gender for a moment. Right? Let's say it's not even about men, women. The ethos, the general attitude of I have to put you down for me to feel higher up is the problem. 
we saw this in the entire conversation, you know, during 2020 and onwards. Oh, in order for me to feel like a better person, I'm going to have to put you down for your decision. Black and white thinking. Why? What if their decision is the right one for them and your decision is the right one for you? How about that? Is that a possibility? Can't we all just live in harmony? No, you have to villainize the other. The amount of othering that happens with the binary is so upsetting to my system. And that's the problem I had with this movie was othering. There was rarely a place where they came together, not just sexually, but just in terms of overlapping on their vision. It was still a battle of the sexes, but it's like, oh, come on, you guys. Like, really, this is what you think is woke? A battle of the sexes in 2023? That's not what, what are we really doing that still? Like, it's embarrassing, nearly. Like, I walked out of that movie being like, okay, I was super entertained, loved the pink, loved the things, loved the dog, you know, I have a filmmaker lens, so I, I look through all the things like the script, the movie, you know, the, all of it. And I was like, oh, groan, groan, groan around the gender relations piece, because I was like, this is going to be very problematic because now all the young girls are watching this movie and also the older people, right? Because literally everyone, I mean, we had like toddlers in the movie theater, which I'm sure they were like, patriarchy, what is that? Um, so it was really a quote unquote family movie and with actually very complicated nuanced uh, concepts that I don't think most kids will understand, but the ones with who, you know, say teenagers and up, like they're gonna, it's just going to be reconfirmed in their system that this is what gender relations should be. And there is such an asexualization happening in our Western world between technology. I mean, I'm on the dating apps. I've been like aggressively dating recently. I don't know. I'm in the phase. And like, it's, I find it to be fascinating as a social experiment. It's very tiring otherwise, but like it's very fascinating as a social experiment. So you start to see how even people in my age range, okay, not even the younger ones, like we're just getting, it's like so much harder to, it feels more challenging to be like human contact, in-person, um, physical touch, right? Like part of that is also what happened in the last few years for us as a society. Um, so it's a combination of like tech also now with AI showing up with, what do they call those, those like um, glasses where you can virtual reality glasses, right? Like the combo of AI, virtual reality uh, glasses. Like we understand how many people are going to start to get their needs met through this like virtual reality uh, version of relationship instead of actual humans. So there's also this way in which we're, just heading in the direction of less and less and less sex, which, you know, you can argue from a big picture perspective, maybe is, is how nature is balancing out overpopulation. Like we're just all having less sex. It's also costs too much money to have a kid. Anyways, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent over here, but like, so maybe it's nature doing its thing and she knows exactly what she's doing and all's well. And how much does it suck that we're not having as much sex and there's more asexualizing happening 
um, the fact that there's a lot of people who identify as asexual. I feel like there was another term for it. Sorry, not up to date in my 40s, guys. Um, but I feel like there was another term that was developed. You know, there's also one about like, oh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like all about like, oh, I get turned on through like mental stimulation. Um, I forget. Someone tell me what it is. And um, I just think it's interesting because the combo of like asexual, getting turned on by mental stimulation. Again, these might be people's like actual experiences. I'm not negating that. Um, but why are they happening? Why do they now exist? It's because of the way our worlds are shifting, our lifestyle is shifting. And um, our primal bodies are literally created, designed by nature to have sex. Like that is the number one thing. So I just think it's interesting that that whole movie, no one was having sex, there wasn't discussion. I mean, there was that one joke about like, oh, maybe I'll stay over. And she's like, but why? And he's like, I don't know. It's like they literally don't even know about sex in that world. So if we want to have good sex, and if you don't, cool. And I don't think you have to worry about this piece. But for those of us who still want to have ecstatic, erotic, life-changing, like, cosmically mind-blowing like out of this world holy shit i am the entire universe the entire universe is me sex which is truly the reason why i'm alive that and good food it's it's like if that's what we want like we cannot keep reiterating this old pattern of the binary of i can only win if you lose you can only win if i lose and specifically around gender relations when we are talking about men, women, the systems we live in, the society we live in. And then, of course, for those of us who have sex with men and women and want to be in partnership with each other, we have to understand that it's not this or that, that we can both elevate each other. And this is why a lot of the relationship and intimacy work that I do is so exciting and important to me is because I've seen it. I've seen it in my own relationships, the beauty that comes with elevating each other. You know, my former partner and I still deeply in each other's lives. Every day we try to elevate each other, even not as romantic partners, but just as man and woman, we try to elevate each other I still look at him with wonder and awe and like, wow, you're so powerful. He still looks at me every single time he sees me. He's like, you are so beautiful. And I can, you know, and he'll compliment me when he feels my heart and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Point is, you, we can elevate each other. I try so hard to walk around in the world and I'm not saying I'm great at it because yes, there's times when the men are disappointing me and I get mad about it. I'm bitter. That is correct. And I try my best to hold the frame of all of these men are so powerful and are amazing and their power does not need to look like my power. Sometimes we're the same. Sometimes we're very different. But we both get to be powerful at the same time in different ways if need be. And we both get to elevate each other in our power. 
it's merely like, okay, well, sisterhood, like everyone's always talking about like, well, in feminism, even like I, I can be powerful and my girlfriend can be powerful, like no competition to develop. Okay, great. And why are we still competing with the men? Like this movie was literally the women and the men competing. Like why? Why are we doing that? It makes no sense. We've learned amongst women that we can elevate each other by celebrating, you know, oh, my sister here, my da da da, you know, and it's like, what about the men? Yes, patriarchy, it sucked. It went on for way too long. They really, really, like, screwed us over. And can part of us feeling empowered be that we don't do the same thing over again as a revenge, as a way to get back? And instead go, okay, great. Now we're going to show you a different way. Can we do that? Because there is a way, I just want to go back to that Ken moment where he got asked the time as I close this episode, like there was something that like, oh, it felt like a dagger into my heart in that scene, which was just supposed to be like a comedic scene, like no big deal. But this moment where he was like, oh my God, they asked me for the time I feel respected. And it hurt because actually in this quote unquote, more evolved, uh, progressive, whatever you want to call it, version of the world right now in the Western world specifically, men are having that experience. And it hurts me to know that they are like, wait, hold on, I can still be respected. When I tell a man that I'm dating, right? Like I told you guys, I was aggressively dating. I'm like, hey, I'd really love for you to lead on this. There's really a moment that I see in their faces that's like Ken in that scene where they're like, wait, what? You respect me and trust me enough to let you lead, to let me lead you? And I'm like, yep. Like, please do. I want that. My system actually really likes that. I may have some work on surrender that I have to do, but you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a, a little bit of a consequence of the feminism and the binary that I did grow up in. But yes, I want you to lead. And yes, I respect you. And yes, I see you as powerful. And yes, I can see you as powerful while maintaining my own power. And I think that that is actually the key. We, Barbie does not have to make Ken an idiot to feel empowered. We do not have to look down at these men to feel better about ourselves. We do not need to look down at anyone to feel better about ourselves. I mean, let's talk about what's in the zeitgeist right now, right? Like that whole Jonah Hill scandal, controversy, whatever you want to call it, with his girlfriend. You know, I saw how much a lot of these quote-unquote progressive women we're like, yeah, get it, girl. So for anyone who has no context, real quick, uh, I guess Jonah Hill, I learned all of this by reading an article, but like Jonah Hill was in a relationship with a surfer girlfriend. I guess she was a, prof a professional surfer. I don't really know the details. And um, she, after they broke up, like she, she basically released some screenshots of uh, text 
different texts between them. And in one of them, he was basically saying like, you're going to have to take off some, take off of your Instagram, some photos of, you know, your like your butt in a thong or something like that. And she was like, what? You know, and of course all the women, all the very progressive women came running towards her and being like sisterhood, feminism, like, of course she, uh, what an asshole. We need to cancel him. Like, she's in it like she's right basically I don't know how else to say it and um listen do we first of all we don't have all the context but it didn't look great right like and and that sounded like a pretty misogynistic messed up thing to ask your girlfriend to do and the truth is if I was in her shoes and some and a guy told me that I would be like and we're done right because yeah I don't want you policing my body or my expression on Instagram. Like, what? No. And he's got a right to make any demands he wants in a relationship and knowing that the consequences may be that that person is like, "Uh uh-uh. Like, he gets to go, hey, these are my needs. And she gets to go, oh, I can't meet them, actually. Um, And I think that I'm judging you about them. And I think that that sucks. And I think that you really need to go like, look at yourself and your misogynistic tendencies. And maybe that's all right. But our problem is then the witch hunting that happens, right? Like, so women are no longer taking self-responsibility and just going like, okay, I'm going to hold my boundary. I'm going to end things with you. And then I'm going to work on this myself instead of have to process it, like throw him into like the the cancel culture world and then she'd be like look at him he sucks can you all get mad at him for me it's like well what like now we're doing the the witch hunts on the men and i know it's not exactly the same thing because what he did say was not ideal let's be real i do not want to date someone like that and why can't you just privately hold your own ground? Do you not trust your own power enough, your own boundaries? That's my concern. Is why did you have to throw him under the bus for you to feel powerful? Why did you have to make it a public witch hunt and a cancellation situation in order for you to feel okay that you did that? Did you not trust your own instinct that like, yeah, actually he sucks and like I should just end things with him? Like why does it have to be this whole hoopla out in the world these days? And this goes back to that thing of like, why do I have to make the other person look bad in order for me to feel good? Like you don't, just you're good, you're good. Trust your own path and your own choices and your own boundaries and your own instincts. So I do, I just think that there is like, we're not heading in the right direction with the whole gender relations and the like putting the men down and canceling them and not to be confused with exposing shit that's fucked up that, you know, people who need to go to jail, like Harvey Weinstein, thank God, you know, and also like anything else, swinging the pendulum in any direction too far is no bueno for anyone. Whether it's the Me Too movement, whether it's feminism, whether it's the binary, like, it's it's not actually going to help anyone to live in a Barbie land. 
if that is not the panacea that it was painted out to be like, oh, yay, all the women, everyone's happy and powerful and wearing cute outfits. Also, no sex, the men suck. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not the world I want to live in. I don't want to live in Barbie land. And I don't want to live in the real world that they showed either. That is like, 90s patriarchy and there's another way and I'm sad that this movie didn't have enough nuance to be able to bring that piece in but I get it it's also a blockbuster film but the problem is such a blockbuster film is what is going to taint our perspective for a really long time it's going to be one of those movies that are going to be talked about for a long time a lot of girls are going to remember this movie and they're going to remember the plot line of this movie and it is going to have an impact. So on some level, Greta Gerwig had a very strong responsibility, not just her, but the creatives of the movie as a whole, the producers, the writers, everyone, to really think through what are we actually saying through this iconic piece of media and is it nuanced enough? Truly. Because I want Barbie to have her fun, to be president. I also want Ken to have his horses and to feel respected. It's really not that much, or is it? I will say, though, in closing, that my favorite moment where I could not stop laughing out loud, just to bring it back to lightness, was the indigo girls closer to fine playing every single time Barbie would leave and come back to Barbie land. I just found that to be such a great detail that I'm not sure, you know, who, who picked up on that. I think it, a significant amount of women, but I know that I was the only one that was laughing out loud in the theater. And I was a little bit surprised by that, especially that it was a theater in Boulder, Colorado of all places, like the most, I don't know, somewhere where I think most people would listen to Indigo Girls. <laughs> but maybe that's just an assumption. All right. I hope this episode had you think a little bit. I'm curious to hear your thoughts always. Um, love you guys. And I'll talk to you later. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show, and I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munlaf.